Our epistle reading this morning is from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, and 13 through 25. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. The Word of the Lord. I have found as a parent, some of you in here might be parents yourselves, I was a much better parent when my child was younger than I am as a parent when she was a young adult. Now, when she was six, I never felt like I, most of you know that I raised my niece, and so I got her when she was six, so that's the age that I start parenting But I never really knew what to do with a six-year-old, and I never had a parent a six-year-old until she was seven. And then I kind of figured out seven-year-olds by the time she was eight and nine by the time she was ten. But I was sort of okay when she was younger because I kind of set the rules and boundaries of her life. You know, I, I set the time that she went to bed at night and what sort of food she ate and what she did during her day and what was okay and acceptable behavior and what was not okay and acceptable behavior. And that all worked kind of okay for me and for her. She's alive. Um, <laughs> turns out you feed them, they grow. She's still, she's still with us. But now... She got a little bit older, and as she got a little bit older, she got a little bit more freedom. And with freedom comes some, you know, some ability to get into troubles that you couldn't get into before, staying out later, you know, she has friends that I don't even know who they are, and I don't know how to reach their mothers. Uh, She has all kinds of, of freedom. She has a car, and she can go away from me. And heck, she's 22 years old, I really can't even, like, curfew? I mean, like, you know, I don't know what she does. 
And so there is this level of freedom. I remember when she was, this was, she was about 15, and she was doing some, some work during the summer at Mark's office. And she says to me, I can't believe they expect me to go to work to p- get paid. Like, you have to work to get paid. It's, and she says, it's like bribery. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> Your whole life long, that's going to be the equation. Work, pay, bribery. That's what you want to call it. But it's hard to get these life lessons in place. And so now trying to parent a 22-year-old, like all bets are off. I don't have any control. She's just kind of got to swim her way in the world, and she's got to make her own mistakes, and she's going to learn a few lessons along the way, lessons about friendship and love and, and all kinds of things that happen when you are 22 years old, and I don't have any say over that. I mean, I maybe have a little bit of influence these days, but not like I used to. And I think that's, I was thinking this week about, you know, the challenges of parenting and the challenges of the law versus the challenges of responsibility and freedom and grace. Text from Galatians has the church in Galatia struggling with something that really was a big struggle for the early church that I think is still a struggle for all of us either as adults or as Christians, this idea of what do you do with all this adult freedom? You know, all, all of you are adults for the most part in here, a few younger adults and youth, but you have lots of freedom to make choices. When Nikki was a young child, she used to say to me, it's a free country, I can do what I want. Not so much. We, we do have rules in this country, and, and more importantly, we have rules in this household, young lady. Um, but it's a free country. I can do what I want. It doesn't work for 25-year-olds or 55-year-olds or 85-year-olds. We all still live by rules and the law. In the Hebrew community, the community that Jesus was a part of, Of course, this was a community that sought to be led by the rules of the Torah and the rules that guided things like the Sabbath, that guided things like the food that you eat, uh, the customs that you practice at home and out in the community, all kinds of rules. But as Christianity spread from merely a sect within Judaism to the Gentile world, to the non-Jewish world, the Torah was no longer the assumption. It was not assumed that people understood or kept the rules of the Torah. If you were a Gentile Christian, you never ever managed the Torah. And so it became an issue of, okay, how do Christians, we're not led by necessarily every rule of the Torah. That's not the essential thing. Circumcision is not the essential thing to being a Christian. But how do we, as a community, be a community when we are led by a spirit of grace and freedom as opposed to governed uh, laws that, that dictated our relationship with God and with one another? And of course, so Paul starts to lay out here in 
And Malayne led this list of, of things that might get in the way of our freedom. Some of them, of course, we, we catch our minds on the ones that have to do with sexual sins, but there are other sins that can also destroy communities about strife and jealousy and angers and quarrels and dissensions and factions, these things that get in the way of human community that block our ability uh, to be the body of Christ together. And so Paul, in his letter to Galatia, says, you have freedom in Christ, but the freedom is not to be used to just do whatever the heck you want. The freedom that you have in Christ is a freedom to do good. And the way that you will know that you are using this freedom well is that there will be fruits of your freedom. There will be a, uh, a grace about your freedom that, that comes from living in Christ. Living in Christ is not just this excuse to do everything, but rather it is manifest in certain behaviors. And, and Paul names those behaviors as the fruit of those spirit, of the Spirit of God, will be that you are a community of love and joy and peace, of patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These are the things that will, will will be obvious in the way that you live your life together as a community, in the way that you live your life as a Christian. If you are indeed free in Christ, you are manifesting this fruit, this way of being in the world. It is true for all of us as we grow into a mature faith that we we set aside some things in order that we might more fully manifest the Spirit of God in our lives. Now, Paul often spoke of, uh, because in the Roman world, everything was this dichotomy, you know, there was either the law or there was freedom. There was either the spirit or there was flesh. Uh, It was a way of sort of saying there are things of the earth and there are things that are not of the earth. And Paul had this sort of strange notion that, that, that there was this kind of separation. I, I, I would suggest that, <laughs> that we, are, we are bodies, people created in the image of God, that we are holy unto ourselves in our bodies, and yet we know that we all struggle with temptations. We all sort of struggle. What does it look like to be a mature and formed Christian disciple? Not because mom and dad are telling me exactly what to do, and not because God is ready to smite me uh, for some transgression, but rather because I want to be a person of faith. I want to be a person who, who has fruit in my life that, that shows that God is at work in my life, and so I'm putting aside these factions and dissensions, this, you know, strife and jealousy and angers and quarrels and envy and all of that nonsense and making room for the goodness of God to be manifest in my life, and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. These are the things that are fruits of the Spirit. This is how we will know that God is at work in our lives. This was, uh, (laughs) when I was growing up, I grew up you know, going to summer camp. And the summer camp that I went to, we had to memorize a Bible verse every day. And we had to, uh, a lot of times, because they were good at teaching these Bible verses, we, we learned to sing them. 
And so I learned to sing that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Anyway, I could go on. Um, (laughs) But it's good for us to learn to manifest these gifts. It's good for us to be thinking, where is it that I want to grow in my faith? I would invite you to pick one or two or three of these fruits of the Spirit to begin to work on. What would it look like for me to be a person of more peace? of more faithfulness, of more love? And what would it look like for me to set aside some of these other, other sins that get in the way, these things that Paul calls of the flesh? Not because the flesh is, is evil, but that because those things are also the result of our freedom, but that don't actually bring us life. So we're looking for freedom in Christ, but freedom that brings us life. That with the gift of God's grace comes responsibility. I said that purposely like two words. We have the ability to respond. So with the ability to receive God's grace and to live in this freedom of, of Christ, we are also called to then use that freedom for goodness. Just as, as Nikki, as a young adult, is learning, how do I live with this kind of freedom? What do I do with this? We make mistakes. We, we stray from certain paths. And yet we have to, as all adults do, learn to integrate. To say, okay, yeah, I do have to work. But yeah, I do have to also, you know, contribute. I need to be a part of things. I need to be a good citizen. I need to love my family. I need to practice care of of my neighbors and my community and the environment. What will it look like for you to to manifest a gift of the Spirit today? What will it look like for you to respond to God's grace and God's freedom with a choice toward love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control? want to invite us to live by the Spirit of God, to live with grace and peace and freedom. Let us pray. God, you give us freedom. You give us the ability to make our own decisions and to choose our own path. And you offer us your gracious Spirit to guide us and to fill us with good gifts that we might be people of love and peace and joy in the world. And so, God, we ask that you help us to lay aside those things that get in our way, that draw us away from your path and away from the community. And, God, help us to manifest these fruits that our lives might be a living witness to Christ's grace and freedom and joy. For it is in his name that we live and in his name that we pray. Amen.